Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. I have a real treat today. I'm speaking to uh, Ricky Hill, who is the subject of a new film called The Hill. I've just seen this myself. And Jeff Celentano, who is the producer and director of The Hill, here to talk about uh, Ricky's life story here and uh, just being translated for the first time onto the big screen. Uh, Jeff and Ricky, thanks so much for doing this today. It's our pleasure, and thanks for having us on your show. And uh, Ricky, I, I gotta, you know, the first thing I gotta ask whenever anybody is, whenever I talk to the the person behind the story, right? Is how does it feel to have your life story up on the big screen? I mean, this is it's got to be a little bit of a different experience. So, it's totally different experience. It's um, um, first you get, you know, you think scary thoughts, and then you think. Uh, great thoughts and then you think uh, what is this going to do to the public eye uh, is the story going to be told right um, is the right guy telling the story um, and all of this and so you you can you, you can get a wild imagination through uh, of, of, of the story of a lifetime but Jeff always reassured me that uh, in the end, that there was n nobody could tell this story like he can, and uh, I, I got to admit, brother, um, he can He he look. He came in that that he he de he defeated every obstacle that was in his way. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's and Jeff. I mean, this is a story about faith. It's a story about you know. Um, putting trust in God when maybe it doesn't feel like it's supposed to, you know, that, that that's, that that's the natural thing to do. Which is one of yeah. the reasons this is such a compelling story in the first place. But um, I mean, you had to be feeling a little bit about that too, Jeff, when you took this, uh, when you took this on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, it's a funny story. Ricky uh, told me a story where he walked up to Red Murph and said, I'm the best hitter you're ever going to see. And I walked up to Ricky after hearing that story and, and said, Ricky, nice to meet you. I'm the best hitter for this movie. And he related to that. And uh, because I was up against a lot of bigger directors, a lot of bigger credits, and I had to prove myself. So instead of talking or telling, I just showed him. But you had asked Ricky a question a minute ago about how he feels about this movie coming out for his life. And I wanted to expound on that a minute. You know, Ricky called me a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago and said, Jeff, everybody's calling me. This is crazy. I mean, people call me from all over the country. They've seen the poster. They've seen the uh, trailer. It's playing in front of Sound of Freedom. It's been playing in front of Sound of Freedom for five weeks. The poster's up at all the theaters everywhere. And he said, every woman I've ever met and every man I've ever met and every kid is calling me. And I said, Ricky, this is the beginning. The movie's not even out yet. Your life's going to change overnight. I mean, this is this is a big deal. And he was a bit floored, you know, he he still isn't ready for what's coming. Um, he doesn't, you know, that nobody is. I mean, nobody realizes, like, you never know what a movie's gonna do. You can only hope that it reaches everybody and touches them in a way that you set out to make the movie for. You know, hopefully that the the mission I I went, you know, to make this movie is gonna be realized in the end is, is getting it to people. You have to get it out there. And I think that once, Everybody I've ever talked to that sees it keeps telling other people about it. And that those word of mouth kind of things become like wildfire. And I hope that 
ends up being like that, you know, for us, because I've, I've tried to get this movie made for 16, more than 16 years. Um, and he finally find an angel that came out of the woodwork, uh, Ron Cundy, who said, I'd like to fund this film, the whole movie. I was only going to put in a portion, but after hearing how you told the story, I was moved and I want to own this movie. And that's how it all happened. You know, I, I, it, it sounds like, you know, there's just these, um, if you're, if you're a person of faith, yes. um, it, it really sounds like there's just, there's a combination to where God is telling you the time is right. And the reason why I bring this up is because this movie really does, um, does show just how much faith means to Ricky and Ricky, I want to, I'm going to direct this to you, um, and how much it meant to your family and, and, um, you know, how, how much it, it helped you through the struggles of going through, um, uh, the, I, I don't know if you call it a disability. Would you have called it a disability when you were, when you were uh, a child and then a teenager? Or would you, I mean, I, I'm not sure how you, how you yourself address what it was that you were fighting through to be able to play ball. Yeah. Well, you know, my early years, um, as a, of course, when you're before you're four, you don't even know what's going on in your life. And, uh, I didn't know what I had, you know, we're talking about I was born in 1956. And so therefore we had no earthly idea what we had wrong going on, but I had just jacked up legs and, and little did I know I inherited the same thing that from my grandparents, my grandmother and my great grandmother. And, uh, both of them were in wheelchairs at an early age and saying that I, um, I didn't know really what it was, but I got to find out in the later years what it was yeah. <laughs> what that showed up and, and, and fa in my faith, that's what, that's what got me through all of it. Really my, my faith in Christ is what got me through it. And in the movie, I mean, your whole family is a family of faith. Your father is a, is a, a preacher, uh, by the way, just for the you know for the viewing audience here, the father's played by Dennis Quaid. A great performance from Dennis Quaid in this role, and um, it, this is about a test of faith for you, but also for your father. And you know, so in a sense, this is not just your story; it's also your father's story. And um, and I imagine that that's something that that you feel particularly you know strong and responsible about, right? Right, absolutely. Um, I always, I told Jeff this here not too long ago that I always wondered what it felt like looking through my father's eyes, you know, what, what did it look like coming from him, his eyes, right. his view, his viewpoints, how did he feel? Um, uh, cause I only can, know, I can only look through my eyes and see it, but, uh, uh, what a, what a great soldier for um to be a minister and 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 live the right way and do the right things and um and especially for his son that he loved me dearly uh he didn't get really what he wanted he wanted me to be a, a preacher but uh in a way i was i went on the ball field and i even kind of preached to the guys on the field so it was it, it worked out good that way. You know, Ricky, you know, in a 
very big sense, this film really is going to be about preaching about faith in Christ and and the sustaining faith in Christ that you have had and your father had. So, I mean, and I'm going to throw this to you first, and I'll talk to Jeff a little bit about this. I mean, this really is sort of coming full circle, I think, and I, I certainly saw that as part of the as part of this film is, is the film itself coming full circle, uh, maybe in a way that I think is maybe more powerful than even your father could have dreamed. Yeah. You know, uh, what a wonderful man, this man, this man, um, you probably even know the story of, uh, uh, Paul, uh, Saul on the road to Damascus. Of course. Yep. This is exactly my father, my father, was on the road to hell and uh uh god took him one day and shook him and next thing you know the guy's turning in turned into called in to be in the ministry and from that point on it changed our whole lives how we went from having money to starving to death but saying that he did all the right things and uh uh put us you know kept us together and our faith was so tremendous that uh, we lived it, and uh, there was no, nothing fake about us. It was all it was all real, and uh, uh, I can't, like I said, he's a soldier, just a pure soldier for Christ, and and which was great, and uh, and I, I learned so much from him about being of what to do on the ball field, off the ball field being the right man and being in the right place and doing the right things. I never wavered. And, uh, you know, I've been, it, being in professional baseball, it's easy to waver. I'll promise you. Yeah. But different in his, his, from his life, from what he taught me, you know, he taught me that uh, he taught me a lot about, uh, you know, he didn't know what to do right and do it that not it's sin. And he he just laid it on me. I mean, he was just a firecracker of a, of a preacher. He was. He could hit as many as many home runs as I could. It's just different type. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. And yeah. Jeff, I mean, to get back to you, Jeff, on this, I mean, this is you know obviously this is uh, an evangelical film in that sense. I'm not you know with the capital. I'm not saying with the capital E, but I mean it's an evangelical um, film in the sense. Uh, that this is really the core of the story. It's it's about coming to grips with trust in God, um, and that's really the father's storyline. Um, you know, Ricky's storyline is about overcoming and having faith in, in God that his talent, that the talents that God gave him can shine through. Um, and the father's story is about putting aside his own fears and and, and trusting in God. And uh, I just love the way that that works. And um, I'll throw that back to you uh, with that in mind. Well, yeah, I mean, I set out, I mean, we talked a lot about how to position this movie, like for the audience, like, is it a straight faith film? Is it straight? Is it a faith friendly film? Is it less faith, more faith? And, you know, one thing I, you know, you know, my wife and I are both Christians and we, we, we know a lot about, you know, what people kind of want. I researched it to death. I researched this movie. As I always tell the story, I watch all the bad movies like it and all the good movies. So I made sure I didn't make any mistakes. And you still make mistakes, but you try to, you know, alleviate as much as you can. And so I set out to make a movie for everybody. I wanted to make a movie for the non-believers and the believers, but 
there's no way you can get around the fact that, you know, anybody who doesn't go to church or doesn't believe in God sees this movie, how could they not? And that was my goal, was to get that message out there in a subtle way. And if you see what Ricky did and who that little boy was, as his sister, as Ricky's real sister told me, Ricky used to pound on the pulpit at eight years old, right in front of, pull up a chair in front of the house and force everybody they listen to his eight-year-old sermon. You know, uh, th this is how I felt about the movie. I wanted to pound my pulpit until people got the message and and follow this story, you know, um, story of believing in yourself and, and, and God puts you on this planet. I've said this a thousand times. Uh, people ask me, do you miss acting? And I say, no, because God put me on the planet to be a filmmaker. I, I've always felt it. It's inside me. Um, I taught acting for years to kids for 20 years, kids from five years old on up. And um, they'd ask me, how do you know these things about me? How did, you know, a girl walked in my class one day and I turned and looked at her and you'll, you'll say she it was the way she was walking. But as she sat down near me and I leaned over and I said, are you a dancer? And she said, yes, I danced on Broadway for years. And it, it wasn't the way she walked. It was the way she carried herself. And um, I don't know how I know these things. If you said, if you interviewed me, which you are right now, and said, how do you do what you do? How did you make this movie work? It's something God gave me. It's inside me. I can't explain it. Just like Ricky. Ricky worked really hard. He had to overcome his obstacles to become a you know, major league baseball player. But I also had to overcome obstacles um, of not having a career in, in the beginning where people would Hollywood always looks to the last thing you just did and how hot you are. Well, I had done a lot of movies, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't Steven Spielberg. So I had to overcome all those obstacles without any help. And I had to have nothing but faith. And every day I wake up, I smile and I say, I'm so lucky to be on this earth. I'm just happy to be alive. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's just who I am. And, you know, beating, the, beating this movie for 16 years, trying to get it made and beating the pavement, I never gave up. And that's what Ricky and I had in common is we both have that faith. And you know, I'll tell you a funny little story. My neighbors, I talk about this a lot, but it's weird. It's weird. A lot of people say, why are you worried about this movie at all? This movie's going to go through the roof. I say, I say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And my neighbors come over and they always just sit with this weird little smile. They just look at me and they go, Jeff, why are you concerned? I go, because I got a lot on this movie, a lot of riding on this my whole life. And they say, but it's in God's hands. And you know where it's going. And I've seen the movie. I'm not saying that because we're your champions and you have faith. I'm saying that because this movie has a light that people are going to see. And it's magic. It's really special. And so I was like, the other day, I finally just, I surrendered. I said, you know what? You are right. I am never going to look back. So that's how I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and look, I mean, you mentioned Sound of Freedom because the trailer has been running in front of Sound of Freedom um, during its run. Sound of Freedom is one of those types of films as well. It, is. it was actually made five years ago and then sat on the shelf. Well, it went from Fox to Disney to blah, 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 blah. And finally, Angel Studios got it back and ended up using a, you know, a, a, I did an interview with with um, Tim Ballard um, before the movie came out, and, you know. So, I mean, that was good for me because I, I like doing these interviews and that was the model that they were using. And uh, that that model works. The, the word of mouth model works. And I think that people trust it more. 
I mean, mm-hmm. look, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to necessarily get a certain segment of the audience that wouldn't be oriented to this film anyway. But right. what sound what, what Sound of Freedom proved is that there is a very large audience for um, for films that have any connection to faith. And it, I wouldn't right. necessarily say that Sound of Freedom is really a a faith film. It's certainly, and you, you mentioned this. You know, how much the faith do you put in? How much the story? Um, it's not faith drenched, but it's certainly it's certainly within the faith you know faith um, based film genre. Right. And what's it at? One hundred sixty million right now? I don't yeah. know that the, the hill's yeah. going to do that, yeah. but but I mean, no, going to do two hundred and sixty million. There you go. <laughs> No, that's my attitude right now. I'm not. I'm not looking back. I'm just going forward. I mean, it'll do what it does. It's in, not in my hands anymore. It, well, that brings us to how Ricky addressing. I'm going to bring this right back to to Ricky. I mean, you had to fight and battle. You fought and battled your 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 father. You fought and battled. You know the um, uh, the um, genetic uh, uh, disability that that you had to prevail. Right. I mean, this is at some point though, and I think it's. I don't want to give too much away of the film. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I it's so film. hard to talk about it because it's easy. It's easy to talk about, but there is a certain point in time in the film where, Ricky, I think that you said, I'm just going to do what I do without getting too specific and let it speak for itself and let God direct it. And I got to imagine that you've had more than those share of moments in your life since then as well. Well, you know, I have. Um, there's something that wasn't mentioned or no one really caught it in the movie, but um, the 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 night that this big night took place and I stepped into the, I stepped in the batter's box. I stepped back out of the batter's box and I felt these chills go up and down my spine and I knew I wasn't alone. Yeah. How's that sound? Okay. I, I, I think I know I, the moment you're talking about, too. That's right. I knew I wasn't alone. And I also knew that when I stepped in there that I was going to rip these pitchers' heads off. <laughs> I knew. Ricky, not- uh, he, carved a, he carved a cross in the, in the uh, sand. Yeah, that's that right. His, yeah, his that's signature. And people, when they heard that, when I was pitching the movie, they couldn't believe it. They were like, he did that every game. I said, toward the part of his career where he was starting to get noticed, he started doing, he adapted that as his 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 thing, you know. And- to let the Lord know that, hey, he comes first before, the, before this ball game. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I knew exactly what you're talking about when you said that, too. Again, without giving too much away, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I want that. I want that. It is so hard. That you can get. That you can't give it away too much. You You know. You know, it's funny about the trailer. Um, When we were designing the trailer, I really this movie is really about a little boy trying to find the love of his father and having enough faith in himself to to live his dreams and have them fulfilled. That's what it is to me, and about a family coming together through it all. And it is a family movie with not, it's not a sports movie. It's not a faith movie. It's all of those things. But number one, it's a family film about a family. And when you see the movie, like Dennis says, the greatest sports movies are not about the sport. 
Um, this is not a sports movie, although it's labeled that way. And in the trailer, it's hard to get away from all those things, like you were saying, Ed, to tell the story, to get away from ruining the end and not showing the magical thing that Ricky did that wows everybody and and still keeping the storyline going. But then how do you how do you make the storyline interesting uh, for a trailer? And it's always like the action shots are interesting, which are the baseball. And so the trailer has some baseball in it, but it has everything. But it was hard to kind of find ride that line of um, how much baseball, how much faith, how much we give away. It's so hard on this movie to try not to give it away because you want to tell everything. I mean, it's a miraculous thing he did. Right. Now, Ricky, um, before we get too far into the rest of the movie making experience, let's talk about your baseball experience. You, you went into the, the Montreal Expos system um, in 1975. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And so tell us a little bit about your tell us a little bit about your professional career. We well, see some we do see some pictures of this, by the way. I, I will I will reveal that if you if you guys need to right, see the film. That's, but um I when I signed with Montreal, okay, I had in one day I had I had to go from a kid to a man. Yeah. In one day. Because all these guys that I'm getting ready to play against are at least twenty-three and up. And I'm eighteen years old. Yeah. And that's a that's a huge those five years in college that they all spent in college and they all come out of college being the top draft pick in the nation and things like that. I ne I never got to experience that. I went from facing ninety mile an hour fastballs to a hundred. Okay, yeah. so there's a big difference in that. And um uh, when I got in, in the league, I, it wasn't that I couldn't hit 100 because I'd already faced 100 several times before, even in high school. You know, they'll scare you half to death because they're half wild. You know, they're they're kind of wild with the, with the pitches. But but yet, um, I, like I said, I had to become a man overnight. And, uh, and when I left for Canada, and I, I took off and left there. It's, I had never even been out of Texas before. Oh, is and, that right? Uh, never been out of Texas. And uh, I just said to uh, I said to myself, you know, I'm going to stick to my faith, keep it one way or the other. A lot of things I did that were wrong uh, that, that I learned uh, of how to play in professional baseball. I didn't have a good first season, uh, even though uh, I did hit some – huge shots i could hit uh, i could hit the ball very long uh put it that way uh when i signed i weighed 239 pounds and uh and i was six one and a half and i was uh in fact on the in the whole expo organization i i wore the uh biggest uniform so wow. yeah it's kind of neat kind of neat that i wasn't a small guy uh but what was your nick what was your nickname shamu yeah yeah that was it <laughs> yeah yeah shampoo believe it or not my nickname was miniature mick mickey mantle and sure. uh yeah and i really i really like that because he's my favorite he's my favorite my hero from from oklahoma looks like we might have lost your uh audio lost there for your audio rick 
I uh, oh, there you go. Mickey Mantle likes you too because he gave you, you a baseball card in the movie. Yeah, we, exactly. We had to go to the estate. We had to go to the Mickey Mantle estate to get clearance on that card to use his likeness. So you know, that's one of the things that you don't think about too much. But yeah, I guess you would have had to. Yes. Well, we had to do everything. We had to go from. We had to get the Topps baseball cards and give us the Topps baseball card. We had to have Mickey Mantle's estate give us Mickey Mantle's likeness. We had to have the Yankees give us like, okay, for the hat, because it's got the Y. Right. Crazy. Crazy stuff. So, yeah. Uh, we had to do all those things that, that uh, but it was a little different, you know, uh, leaving leaving from amateur baseball to stepping into uh, a professional uniform was a world of difference. And uh, you had to learn how to fight. I mean, yeah, fight. you had really had to learn, uh, which well, I was good at anyway, so it didn't matter. I'd, I'd, I'd fight anybody. And, but anyway, saying that, um, you had to learn how. Yeah, a lot of things you had to learn. Big change, and and but but the only problem I had is the fact that I knew my genetics. I had a limited amount of time to play. Right. I knew I was already told by then that my discs were all crumbling in my spine, and I knew that there was a limited amount of time. And so, uh, the five years that I did play. Um, Every year got better, and I started hitting the ball even longer. I did in one stadium in Tacoma, Washington. I cleared the entire stadium. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they said it went 549 feet. Wow. Yeah. Which would have been a record. In, yeah, which would have been a record in the majors, because I think Mantle has it at, what, 525? 549. Oh, his, his was five forty. His was five. Mantles was also five. Same way. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Now, he and I met about this too. By the way, we had we had our discussions all about this. I mean, it was just amazing the discussions that he and I had about it. As he calmly had a few drinks and cocktails and told me he's glad he, that I didn't beat him and all this <laughs> stuff. Anyway, it's just a great, just a great stories to talk about. You know, it really was. And, uh, but yeah, but I, I learned, I started hitting the long ball and I started picking up my hands. I picked my hands, honestly, not to brag just about it, but I had quick hands. Right. My bat speed. I used the biggest, the largest bat in baseball. Yep. Which was 36, 38 ounces. Yeah, that's a that's a big club. Today they use 32 ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, my bat, nobody, you know, they they could use it to lift weights with barbells. <laughs> but uh yeah, I had uh, uh I just had the I, I didn't even know any better. I just didn't. And people telling me that, hey Rick, you know. Uh, your hitting instructor is this guy. I didn't need a hitting instructor. Didn't need one. I had one. I learned it straight. I learned it straight from God Himself. That's so, all you need. That's all I needed. All right. So, um, as we're talking, 
we're a couple of weeks, about two and a half weeks away from release, right? So, uh, Jeff, nervous time. I forgot we were two and a half weeks away. Oh my gosh. I thought it was four. Oh my God. No. Nice. Um, no. <laughs> That's me. Harbinger of bad news yeah. and Morrissey. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was terrified until my neighbors came over the other day. And now I'm, I'm, I've surrendered and I'm accepting that this movie is going to be very special to everybody. Everybody's going to want to see it. Um, especially in today's times when a lot of the movies are very dark. Um, a lot of the movies are very ugly. This movie, I just wanted to create a beautiful song for everybody to go see. And um, one of the things I really tried to do at the end of the movie, um, funny, when you make a movie, there's like four endings. And this movie, I just wanted one. And I wanted it to be very short um, and powerful so that when you're at the top of your game and your emotions are here, I wanted the audience to feel that in the theater and then walk out with yep. that, carry that out with them. And I think I achieved that. And then right after the movie's over, you'll see there's some real life photographs of the family. And those are always done so poorly to me and too many. And that was a lot of work to figure out how many and how to tell the end of the story. Because Angelo Pizzo, the writer of Rudy and Hoosiers, who wrote this, he and I talked about that. And he said, um, you know, I want you to really make this ending with these pictures very minimal and powerful and pick them correctly. And so we did. And that's what I think, you know, I think that um, in today's world, everybody needs this movie. Everybody needs to see something like this, right? Ed, I mean, didn't you feel like Absolutely. when you saw it, it made you feel like, just so you could do anything and any kid that watches it. Well, I, I hope every kid runs to little league and signs up after this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even about, you know, maybe, maybe it's not even really about doing something specific, right? It's that if you have faith that God is putting you where God wants you to be, right. um, then it's about, relaxing into that right mm -hmm. surrendering into that i think surrendering into it is an even better way of, of putting yeah. this and, that's and, what i'm doing now yeah and, and well that's what the in the film that's what the young ricky hill is trying to do obviously his father is in opposition to this but he gets the sense of this and you know we, we can talk a little bit i guess about the the young actors and the and the older actors that that portray the um different characters in here I was really impressed with the um, with the younger actor. Well, I was impressed with all the actors, but I mean, with the younger actors, it's not easy to get younger actors who can kind of fill that type of role and fill that type of screen time. Oh, yeah. We did a worldwide search to find little Ricky. I mean, that kid was going to carry the movie and the audience has to fall in love with him. That was a hard kid to find. That kid had never worked before. His father was a director, which is the reason I hired him because I knew his dad could get him in shape. I didn't know the family. But the dad and I spent a lot of time on the phone before I pulled the trigger and decided to hire him. Um, but I was going to go back to one thing. Colin uh, has a scene in the movie. Colin Ford plays the older Ricky. Mm -hmm. um, he has a scene where he sits down with his girlfriend and he's about to give up. We all have those yes. moments. We all have those moments where no matter how much, how passionate you are, how much um, 
just you believe in yourself, there's still the moment of doubt, which we all have. I have that now with the release coming out. I, I've gotten rid of it now. It's out of my body and soul. I'm just going forward. I'm excited and I know this movie's going to be very, very, very successful. I just feel it. And um, Colin had that moment of doubt. And then God brings it back, just like he does to everybody. Everybody goes through that. They they go through that day where they just feel like everything's falling apart and they're not going to make it. And then something lifts them back up. And we know what that is. And that's what happened to Colin, Ricky in real life. That's what happened to Colin in the movie. But yeah, casting those kids. I mean, little Ricky, we found um, uh, he lived in California just by sheer coincidence. And uh, I saw him and there was a quality that was amazing, but he had never worked before. So I was terrified. So the dad got him in shape. That was one of the requirements. I said, to his, I said, Michael, you have to get him in shape. And he did. And he was flawless. I mean, he came to work prepared every day. He hated those leg braces, though. He called, he named them. He named them. He named the one Lucifer and the other one Satan. <laughs> and that was what he called them every day. And I'd say, go get in Lucifer and Satan and let's get to work. And, <laughs> and the sister was one of my students who I brought out from California. And the other boy, uh, Mason, who plays old Robert, he was super special. I just saw a quality in him of like this knowledgeable kid that was way older than his, that was in his, he's like an old man in a little body. And he took care of his little brother, just like Robert did. And um, so that was a, that was a hard thing to find. It took us a long time, but we, we found that. And then I wanted them to look exactly like the older kids. So not only did I have to find people who could act, I had to find an actor who could play baseball, who could go train for baseball and look like a power hitter and depict the little boy. Like this, like you, you give the audience this little boy and then you take him away and they hate you. And then if you give them another actor that he's supposed to be and they don't like him, you're dead. Well, right. Colin seamlessly just fit right into the park and carried on. Matter of fact, it was so funny. We had the little kids with us in Augusta. And they were like our family. We were all together every day and they loved the movie and loved being on, in it. We would go to dinner together. And then the older kids came with their people and they all melted together. So I had a dinner one night with the entire cast in one at one table and the kids were leaving the next day. And it was really sad. It was like, it was weird. It was like, you're making two movies. You're making a movie in the sixties with these little kids. And then you're making a movie in the seventies with these older kids. So that was interesting, but, and uh, to find the, the daughter, you know, that was older and the brother, that was a lot of work. And they were all out of Atlanta because we wanted to keep the local acting going, you know, because we shot in, in yeah. Georgia. And then yeah. getting, you know, getting Red Murph cast was, you know, we wanted originally Robert Duvall, but Robert Duvall was a little too old. And then somebody mentioned Scott Glenn and I went, oh my God, I love Scott Glenn. He's just a powerful actor. And he, he really, Ricky loved it because he looked just like Red Murph. I mean, he had that grizzled look. And he was tough as nails, which Scott is exactly that. Right. And, uh, and so that just worked perfectly. And then Bonnie Bedelia was kind of a, a crazy idea, but she just melted into that part and became grandmother. Graham, you know. I really had to look hard to see Bonnie Bedelia in that role. It was She did a great job of occupying that, that role. Oh, she did. And then you see her in, in, when she's out of makeup and she's all young and she comes out and she goes, this is the real me. And I said, oh my gosh. Okay. I was not ready for that one. Because I had not met her beforehand. I only saw her when she was in the old makeup. 
well yeah i would imagine it was a big surprise then yeah it was and um and dennis was he was funny you know he he would come to work every day with his dog he brings peaches his bulldog with him everywhere he goes and peaches would would snort like through all the scenes you know <laughs> and i'd say dennis dennis can you do something with peaches he said peaches take a walk and then peaches leaves and then dennis's hair is sticking up in the morning he's got his coffee he's got his script and he comes in and he's just a pro you know he he rehearses kind of in an average way he just kind of kind of feels it out and then he goes away and comes back and he is he has obviously researched that part to death because he comes back fully ready yeah i mean and what a sweetheart to work with every day and i don't say that about a lot of actors i mean he was a pleasure every day and a good friend and, and, a, and he was a he was part of our family he was something well he comes across that way on screen too and um uh in in an in a role that could be you know it, it could tumble into sort of a, a stereotypical sort of thing if not oh, yeah. an excellent actor and uh i thought he did a, i thought he did a, a a great job but ricky i mean i don't know how much were you on set the whole time or were you just kind of coming back and forth what were your perceptions as, as this was going along well i was um i was on set um I don't know, probably probably half the time, Jeff, you think maybe? No, I think you were there pretty much all the time. You you there were some days where I didn't see you, but that was very minimal. I yeah, mean, I'd go were... hang out I'd go hang out with the extras and just talk with them and um and just I mean, kind of associate with all the people yeah, and sure. you know, yeah, this was a very emotional movie for Ricky and I. Um because I had put so much into this movie. It was it, it it was the first night I ever read the script. It just got inside my whole soul. I couldn't get rid of it. It was, uh, everybody I knew was like, give this movie up, move on. 16 years, come on, dude, you know, wake up. And I, I wasn't giving up. I just, I just wanted to make this movie. And Ricky also, he was there every day with me. And he was concerned about certain things, never a problem. I always wanted to make him happy and try to do the best I could. I mean, there's limitations when you're making a movie and Ricky sometimes didn't understand that, but then he got educated instantly and was so on my side and supportive. Um, and then what happened to me at the very end was shocking. Uh, on set on the last day, I was on, on the field and it was night and we were shooting the Mickey Mantle flashback where Mickey Mantle's in the black and white. Yeah. It's a silhouette. And we had my second AD playing Mickey Mantle in the wardrobe and we're doing this really stylized shot and we cut and it was just like i was still working you know i was in two o'clock in the morning on a baseball field in georgia 20 degrees and my producer comes over and puts his arm around me and squeezes me and says you did it it's over it's the last shot and i completely lost control and just fell apart and cried and it was shot. I mean, it gets me emotional thinking about that moment, but he, he was shocked too. He kind of gave me a hug and I said, this was a long road, buddy, but we made yeah. it. And uh, so, yeah. So Ricky, back to you being on set every day, it was important for him to be there for me because we went through this together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I, I've taken up a lot of your time today. I want to thank you both uh jeff salentano ricky hill uh the movie is the hill and it will be coming out 
uh, August 24th. Uh, 25th, 25th is the opening day. 25th, excuse me, August 25th. That's right. August 25th is opening day. And so um, I've seen it. There'll be a review that's going to come out later because we want to get it right around the release time so we can get some maximum exposure in, in chat. But um, I, I know that this film is going to do great. And Thanks, it deserves Ed. to. It's a great story. Um, and uh, I just know that uh, this this summer, I think especially, you're going to have audiences really wanting to see this kind of inspirational film. So thank you for making wow, thank it, and so thank much. you for making the time. Uh, thank you, Ed. And uh, people can go to the Hill Move, the hillmov.com. That's the website. And they can purchase tickets early on if they decide. There you go. Uh, Ricky, any last thoughts? No, I just, uh, I, I thank you for having me. Uh, I can tell by listening to you, you're a man of faith. I appreciate that, that I know that we're, we're, uh, brothers, right. Yep. And, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I mentioned earlier that they asked me on one show, they asked me about, uh, if you had one thing to say, what would it be? And I said, Philippians 4.13. <laughs> That's what got me through. And, and so uh, I, I, I want you to go ahead and say it because I've got to tell you, I don't have that memorized. Um, but it says, if, it says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Which is mentioned in the film. That's correct. I can do all. Well, it's a great way to it's a great way to wrap this up because that really is the film. Well, That's the film. Really, really the film. And uh, he, but and Jeff himself, he did he did this job, which was I did I did not know how tough that this job would be for him, but it was a load, and uh, he made it through, and that's how he made it through. Amen. All right, Jeff Salentano, Ricky Hill, thanks again for uh, being here today. And I, I, I wish you best of luck, but I don't think you're going to need it. I, I, we will be uh, praying for your success, though. Thank, Thank you, Ed. That means a lot. Thank really. you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.